Hey guys, Danny here. On this episode, we're going to keep going down the YouTube rabbit hole. I'm going to interview Ryan Kreishank from Rock School, Erie, PA, and it's an awesome, long, epic conversation. I loved it, and we're going to have him back for part two down the road here to go into a little bit more of how-to stuff for you guys. So anyway, let's roll the intro and get into it. everybody welcome back to another episode of music lesson business academy i'm your host as always danny thompson thank you so much for your continued support here over at the show if you guys are digging these episodes if you feel like you're getting something out of it and you would like to get a little bit more dip your toe into the inner community of people you can go over to patreon and become a supporter so go to patreon dot com backslash music lesson business academy you can get an extra podcast episode uh extended edition episodes some videos that i've made all kinds of stuff like that so check it out uh if you become a supporter i would really appreciate it anyway uh lots of incredible stuff going on i'm working on something huge at my school that i will be talking about in uh, episodes to come making some major, major overhauls and changes. Uh, also, about, ah, not quite ready, but fairly soon here, we'll be launching uh, a new program called uh, the Seven Levers MBO. Not MBA, MBO, Management by Objective. And this will be a special coaching program and uh, limited slots available for this. Um, I'm doing a little beta run through with somebody here real soon. And, uh, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to getting that rolled out, but, uh, got a big, big, big episode here. So before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by neveralonebusinessservices.com. Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO website stuff for music school owners by music school owners. I've been using Chris and Jen for my Google ads for a while now. They do a great job. Uh, and again, like I've mentioned before, I think it's great to have a resource that we can reach out to for Facebook ads and, and Google ads and things like that, that are being done by somebody that also owns a large music school, a large music teaching business. So they understand a little bit more of the, you know, the intricacies and, and some of the issues that we deal with that maybe somebody coming from the outside wouldn't. So Check those guys out. They would love to do a marketing assessment with you. Mention you heard about it on Music Lesson Business Academy and save a hundred bucks. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone.com. TeacherZone for your scheduling, billing, and student learning management needs. They just put some cool updates in uh, just a couple days ago, some custom notification changes, as well as some custom colors. So now you can, uh, you know, if you want to color your online lessons chartreuse and your in-school lessons mauve, 
you could do that. So um, check those guys out. They would love to give you a free demo. That's teacherzone.com. All right, let's get into today's episode with Ryan from Erie, PA. All right, Ryan Kreischak, welcome to Music Lesson Business Academy, man. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time out. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for, uh, for, for being on the show. And I've wanted to chat with you for a long time. And I know we, we've bounced back and forth and, and talked about getting it done. And I'm glad we're, yeah, finally, yeah. <laughs> we're finally getting it done. So um, just for, you know, to set the stage, why don't you just give us a little bit of your background and who you are and how you got started in the biz. Okay, so I probably started playing music myself when I was 12 years old, you know, through Metallica, Pantera, all those kind of bands. Um, no lessons or anything like that, all self-taught. Um, so just my friends in the neighborhood, you know, would get together and, and try and figure stuff out. And uh, I started teaching probably in like 2006 or 2007. So I did some original band stuff and, you know, went around playing some shows, working with labels, you know, never really panned out to, to what you would expect. But um, so I turned to teaching and started just individual guitar lessons at the local music store. And uh, I had a couple students that were, you know, all went to the same school, all the same age, all into the same sort of stuff. They were already kind of a friend group. And I was like, how are you guys not forming a band yet? And uh, some of the parents were really supportive of that and they were like, hey, let's get together. You know, where's a space that we can all, you know, get these kids together and, and try and hash this sort of stuff out. Um, so I had them come to like my mom's house. I wasn't living there at the time, <laughs> but she she had like the, the basement that I used to yeah. practice in. So I was like, all right, everybody, <laughs> let's meet in my mom's house. And in we Erie, set up like in, a... In Erie, PA. Yeah, yeah, in Erie, PA. Um, home of the wonders. And... <laughs> That's the Oneaters. Or the or the Cord Vets. Or Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, however you want to. That's my favorite one for sure. <laughs> however you want to go. But um, yeah, so I got them together at my mom's basement and just, you know, taught them a couple songs. Uh, and they took to it really quickly. So we did like a, a Christmas party that their parents were having. And, and they were like, let's have the band play. So they they played their two songs and... <laughs> all the the families and everything were there you know watching they were like i want my kid to do that so mm -hmm. it kind of just you know snowballed and snowballed <laughs> yeah. from from one band into two bands and then the local music store was like hey if you, we've got this room in the back so let's do this officially and let's start collecting money and let's make a program out of it so they were really really supportive in the very beginning of you know kind of getting me started and then uh I just kind of outgrew them a little bit too, where they were, you know, they were doing business as a music store and I was, you know, running around the place with all these little kids and shooting <laughs> videos and, you know, just kind of not being <laughs> conducive to a business, you know? Yeah. And uh, so before I know we're going to get more into the YouTube and the video stuff, but was that an early thing that you were doing right from the get go kind of shooting video of this thing or? Uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, we, 
we always wanted to do original music. You know, mm. I, I, okay. I was, I came from an original music background and then got into covers. So, you know, naturally I was like, all right, let's do some covers, but let's do some covers, you know, in the end goal to, to write some originals. So let's learn these covers, get used to it as a band and let's break them down. Let's figure it out. And then let's try and recreate our own thing, uh, you know, based off of what we've learned from these covers. <laughs> so I was always doing original stuff and, you know, I got into recording. I wasn't like, you know, proficient in, in garage band or anything like that at the time. So I learned how to do all that just so I could record my students and, and cool. start putting out stuff. So I did originals. And then, you know, when they had the originals, it was kind of like, well, it's difficult to get people to pay attention to this. So let's give them a visual to it as well. So then I used like a camcorder and iMovie and made like mm -hmm. my first couple videos. But um, I ended up with like this, this interesting roadblock that I wasn't ready for. So I started making videos and I was like, all right, let's post them on YouTube. And this was probably like 2009, 2010, like right yeah. when I first started the school. <clears throat> and it, YouTube was still in its infancy. Right, a lot of people right. didn't understand it or anything like that or yeah, know, how whole viable different, it was. Yeah, just a complete different world from, yeah. from what so it I is posted, now. So yeah. I posted some videos, you know, just from practice to like rework of like a Katy Perry song that we did. And, uh, you know, the parents were like, oh, that's really cool, but... I don't really feel comfortable with my my kid being on the internet like that mm. and so these students were probably around nine ten years old yeah. and i was like oh man it's, it's doing really well you know i think <laughs> at the time we had like maybe thirty thousand views and for for that era of youtube sure. that was a lot of people yeah and we were getting subscribers but i didn't really understand like what was good what was bad you know what mm -hmm. was something to be proud of on youtube so the parents kind of we're like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like that. So I ended up taking those videos down, or I just stopped posting them there, and I at, just like made them. I, and at that time, yeah, was were you seeing other like rock school bands up on YouTube at that point? Oh no, definitely not. So the only thing that was really music related on YouTube might have been like Kurt Hugo Schneider and like Boyce Avenue and like some of those like really OG Tyler Ward. Like those really OG like YouTube music channels, gotcha. And yeah, so we were kind of looking to them more as like, okay, I want to do a cover of this song. Mm -hmm. Let's see if anyone has done like an interesting version of it, you know, just to explore all the possibilities. So we right. always kind of used YouTube as like a a guideline, but we we stayed off of it, you know, because we didn't really understand like what how we could make money on it or how it could be a a revenue stream or how we could right, you know, promote right. any of the bands on it. So it just, yeah, we didn't, we didn't figure that out yet. <laughs> gotcha. So then we probably came back to it once the kids were a little bit older, um, like around 13, 14 years old. And then we did it again in the first video that we did back ended up, uh, kind of starting the whole YouTube thing that, that we've done at our school. And so are you, you know, at some point along the lines here, did you move away from that music store that you were teaching in and start yeah. your school? Yeah. So that was probably, you know, four years ago. So that was right when we started doing the YouTube stuff. And it was just really apparent that, you know, we needed to be in there at all hours of the day. And we couldn't just, you know, you know, we, the store closed at eight, you know, and sometimes we would need to go there longer depending on how long the videos were going or you know, sometimes we needed to make a lot of noise and there was like a ukulele clinic going on. And, you know, we, it was just a scheduling kind of sure, nightmare sure. thing that, you know, I was like, all right, snap of the fingers. We need this video out. Let's make it right now. But I didn't talk to like the people at the store and get the OK from them. So there was a lot of like, you know, just 
overlapping things that were going on at the school. So I was like, all right, I need to get my own place. So I did you have then, did you have any kind of goal at this point as far as what you were trying to accomplish with these YouTube videos or? Well, that was when it started to get kind of like I still didn't think you could potentially make money off of it because we were yeah. doing covers and I was like, we don't own the licensing for all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it was more <laughs> we used it as like a, a promotional thing. So mm -hmm. we had done this um, this competition that's in Cleveland every year where you, you know, it's all high school bands and it's at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It used to be at the House of Blues, but um, it's at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. And we had won that competition and we got to play um, or one of the bands got to play on Warp Tour. So the first video that we made on YouTube was we were like, let's um, kind of use this this YouTube video to attract people to our stage at Warp Tour. So we made cool. a cover of uh, Heathens by 21 Pilots, which was like, you know, the new movie was coming out and that was a yeah. big hit song. And we luckily got to it, you know, before anyone else had done a cover of that <laughs> song. And uh, so, yeah, we were using it because I think we were like, hey, you know, the whatever comment on this video is, you know, you're going to get free tickets to Warp Tour and we were going to mail them to you or whatever. Oh, so that cool. was the actual reason that we that we made the very first YouTube video. And then that video just blew up. It, it got picked up by these Nightcore channels and like cover nation shared it and oh, wow. and it just like it kept going you know and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then after that it was kind of like oh, wow this was actually more beneficial for the band than even playing Warped Tour was. <laughs> yeah you know we had a good crowd at warp tour and we got a lot of people to pay attention to us but um it was it was definitely the youtube thing that was the winner there for sure yeah absolutely um so and uh, somewhere along those lines, there you were starting to say you got your uh, your own building and got your school open. Yep. Yeah. So I just you know the music store was like, all right, you know, go do your own thing, and and uh, now I can, like I said, I can just do whatever I want. I'm not limited by you know the hours or you know what's convenient yeah. for them and stuff like that. So yeah, it's our own little place, and we've got like you know all the silly stuff hooked up. Like we just play like these games we made up with like broomstick handles and rolls of duct tape and we've got like Nintendo 64 all hooked up and you know <laughs> it's kind of just become a thing where it's like I don't know like a it's the rock like everyone and just comes clubhouse. and hangs out yeah yeah everyone just comes and hangs out and works on their stuff it's not a very like okay here's your lesson time from this half hour to this you know mm. it's it's kind of like whenever you come in there's someone here that's going to be able to help you whether it's a student that's you know further along than you or you know another teacher that's just hanging out working on their own original stuff or whatever. Yeah. There's always you know someone there hanging out doing something. Yeah, I I think we're gonna get a lot of questions uh, about that. So maybe go a little deeper for us into kind of just the model of the business. Yeah, well, I mean the the idea of that came from this really silly show. I can't even remember what network it was on, uh, but I think it's on Netflix still. It was called um, Lost and Found Studios. And it was just like a, it was like high school musical or something like that. But all huh. these kids, you know, were part of this after school program and they just hung out and it was really cheesy and the songs were kind of bad. But I was like, dude, what if that was a, a real thing? You know, and, and, and it was just more than like, a, you know, a half hour typical you know school of rock kind of 
program where it's like this yeah. is you know predetermined you're going to learn these songs you're going to learn it this way and you know these kids are going to be in your band for one show but then the next show that you're going to have a totally different group of kids i was like what if it you know it was just more organic more like being in a real band and more like um you know you you get these four or five kids together and they're all the same age and they're all into the same things and it's going to be hard to put you know five kids together that are exactly you know they work like that but let's <laughs> right. you know make that the goal let's make that the the standard that we're trying to live up to and that way when we put these bands together it's not just like a, oh well i did this for you know the summer and now i got cross-country practice and yeah. i'm gonna quit and go do that it was kind of like let's find the students that are they live this they love this you know sure, what i mean sure. and and let's try and you know create that from the beginning too so instead of you know, learning guitar out of a, a Hal Leonard book or something like that. It's kind of whatever your version of, of learning is, that's what we're going to do because that's what I was like growing up too. I couldn't do, I couldn't do regular lessons. I couldn't do regular school. <laughs> I didn't respond yeah. to that sort of stuff very well. So it was kind of like, I, I want to learn on my own, but I wanted people to, you know, just give me those little tidbits of information that I didn't, I wasn't able to give myself. Like, you know, I just, meet a guy and the guy would say you know do you guys use a tuner because it sounds like your guitars are in tune but not not in tune with each other and I was like oh my god great idea thanks for that you know what I mean and so you know I just wanted to be more of a mentor you yeah. know to a lot of students than than necessarily a teacher I don't want to say like this is the the system that you have to go to but gotcha. at the same time I'm kind of like hey this worked for a lot of us you know so yeah this is this is maybe what you should shoot for yeah it's kind of a more it's kind of like recreating almost like a true garage band experience, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. I want it to feel in the garage as... with a couple people and, and you kind of learn a lot of that stuff. Like you're saying, you kind of learn a lot of that stuff by doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the same way that you learn, you know, when you see even a really good local band or a regional touring band or a mid-level touring national band, you know, there's this professionalism level. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff you learn from being out there and seeing the band before you, you know, or the band you're opening for and going, oh, yeah, yeah look at the way they did that. That's pro. And then next week you're doing it, you know, yeah. and that and you kind of learn those things that way, you know, mm -hmm. that's like something like that's been at the core of everything that we've done is, you know, I wanted it to feel real because there's. There were a couple other like, you know, maybe Pittsburgh or Cleveland and we would go do these competitions and stuff. Yeah. And you see the kids bands and it's it's just like kind of a, you know, I don't mean to offend any of those programs, but it just feels like their parents version of what a rock band is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where they do like the back to back guitar solos and like they just, you know, overdo it. And I was always kind of more like. You know, you know, find your own thing. Like when you get up on stage, whatever the music makes you want to do, that's what you do. And if gotcha. that's stand there and stare at the audience, then that's your thing, man. <laughs> like you're you're the stare at the audience guy. Like that's that's fine. But I, I've always, you know, really, really encouraged that sort of stuff because I think that, you know, being in a rock band and being a rock star or whatever has almost become like a, a parody of itself where yes. you know yeah. people that really don't know what like rock and roll is like if you watch the troll i got two kids so the trolls movie you know what i mean like what the trolls movie thinks rock and roll is like with the mohawks and the earrings and the devil horns like yeah that's the kind of stuff that i'm like ah it's just that's not real life that's not what real bands are like so i always wanted to teach my kids and and expose them to like you know really underground shows and 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 what it's like to be 
you know, with these touring musicians and, and kind of live the, the same experience that I actually lived, you know, struggling to, to do original music and, and cover music too. Sure. Yeah. It's awesome. That's a really cool, I, I, I love the, the philosophical approach that you're taking there. It's, it's definitely, I mean, you're still doing a band program, but it's definitely, you know, you're coming oh, at yeah. it from a different perspective. Um, it's probably are, not the really... smartest thing business wise, because like, you know, what would be smart business wise is to be like, Hey, everybody, you know, come and do this, this little league baseball version of a rock band. Like, yeah. cause that, you know, is, is just way more digestible for a lot of people. But yeah, I kind of, well, yeah, um, in a um, in a lot of ways, it's easier to talk about. It's easier to present to somebody. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just more of a format, and you can say this right. is what you're going to do. This is what you can expect. But how yeah, does it? I don't know. Um, give us a little bit more. You know, so I, my kid signs up with you. What I mean, what does it look like? They're paying X amount of dollars. What do they get every week or monthly, and f- for okay. that, you know? So you know, Erie is pretty pretty low on the income level. (laughs) I think we have like one of the poorest zip codes in like the entire United States. So we've always kept our lessons at $20, $20 a lesson. Mm -hmm. So $20 for a half hour lesson and $20 for an hour and a half band practice. Um, But like I said, those kind of are just like the starting guidelines Uh where it's like, you know, you're guaranteed to get that. But that's not like where our help, you know, kind of dies out. So if you sign up and you've never played an instrument before, um, you know, you're, you're guaranteed your half hour lesson spot, but like I open myself up to all the students, like, Hey, if, if the things that I asked you in lessons, if those are you know too easy for you, don't wait until the next lesson to ask me what's next. You know what I mean? Like text me, you know, whatever, and say, you know, what am I working on next? I got that thing. So it's kind of, like I said, it's more of a mentorship thing where it's just more of a support for the students learning at their own pace and their own, you know, kind of you know, version of it. And we're just there to support whenever they get stuck. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. And I encourage like, you know, online sort of things too, where I'm like, you know, go look up, um, you know, a YouTube video of how to play this Metallica song and, you know, kind of make your own assumptions. Like, does that seem like the right fingering? Does this guy, does this guy know what he's talking about on YouTube? Like, and, and try and decipher things like that, because, Again, that's just, that's real life, you know? I've definitely met a lot of guitar players that are like, well, the guy in the YouTube video said to play it like this, so I played it like that. And, you know, it's just, they just played it wrong for, for however many years. So I try right, and teach right. them, you know, there's a lot of different resources, both tab books or online videos or, you know, ask me, learn it by ear. We try and incorporate all of that sort of stuff as they're learning and, uh, and try and, you know, like I said, kind of bring them up the same way a self-taught musician would be and not a very like a uh, uniform sort of thing. But um, yeah. And then we do that with the bands as well. So, you know, is, is, as motivated as the band is, that's what they're going to accomplish. So some of the bands will get together, you know, on their own two or three times a week. And gotcha. do they and, do that and, down at your, at your space? Yeah. Sometimes they'll do it just in their Like when there's empty practice time, cause we do have, you know, weekends and and like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we don't do a lot of lessons because that's when all of us go out and play our own shows. Mm. So, uh, we usually have that time open and a lot of the bands will come in and just practice, practice extracurricular sort of stuff. And sometimes they practice and sometimes they just hang out, but it's just as important, you know, to, to have that element of being in a band versus the absolutely. Yeah. Just the social element thing to what we're right, right, right. So, 
give us a little more um, going back to kind of the YouTube thing. What, you know, how have you continued to do that? What have you learned from that? Like, how big have some of these videos gotten? Okay, so uh, the YouTube stuff kind of, you know, I guess grew out of, uh, you know, the exact opposite of what I was just saying. Like, you know, I had this experience of being in a band where it was like, oh, we got to do this, you know, showcase or we got to go in, on this tour so that this label sees us and then, you know, they take us to the next level. And, you know, a lot of my friends did that sort of stuff and it didn't pan out and it didn't pan out for me. So even though I loved that experience and I love where that like organically comes from, you know, you got to pay your dues, you got to do all that, that tough stuff. But I was kind of like, what if, you know, we just use this giant marketing machine, YouTube, and use that as the exposure, you know what I mean? Because you, you think back at a lot of bands that do covers, you know, I Prevail or Bad Wolves or, you know, even all the way back to like Limp Bizkit, you know, all yeah. these bands that their first thing that they, they got known for was a cover. And, you know, at the same time, everybody in that original music scene is like, all right, cover bands are garbage and, you know, they're not real musicians, but like, it's a necessary evil. That's how you get out there. And that's how you, sure, you sure. cast the biggest net to eventually get an audience to pay attention to your original stuff. So when our bands were doing original things, it was like, all right, well, let's really go with this cover thing. Let's use that as the biggest, the biggest net that we can possibly cast. And let's do, you know, pop songs. Let's do Halsey. Let's do Katy Perry. Let's do Lady Gaga. Let's do stuff that people are searching and, you know, already have this love for that song. And then let's just try and rope them in you know, get them paying attention to our covers and then let's convert them to the original stuff. So that's kind of been the, the entire idea of the whole thing. Right. And doing, yeah. Um, now how have you been able to simultaneously use these videos as a promotion for the business? Um, that's, yeah, that's the thing that I, I'm awful at. So <laughs> I, I do, I think that I create a really, really good product and I've definitely got the, the, um, the pedigree and the, and the, the proof in the pudding that it works and, you know, we've had all this success, but I've, I've honestly been so caught up in the success of the, the different bands mm -hmm. that I've kind of forgot to redirect the attention back to the school and back to, you know, our, our program that has kind of created that sort of thing. So no, I have not really done a great job <laughs> of that, but like, um, it's definitely something that I'm like, I need to pull the trigger on it. But, uh, you know, in those, you know, the, the Facebook groups and everything like that, the, the reason that I'm in them is just so much because I need the confidence to like, to promote myself and put myself out there and say like, Hey, I did this with these bands and you know, I can do it again with this student and in your students or, or your kids. Mm -hmm. So I, I know that I need to do that, but it just, it's really hard for me. Cause I feel like I'm just like trying to turn the attention onto me. And I'm like, look what I did. Look what I did. Cause I'm used to just being like, check out what these kids are doing. Check out what sure, these kids sure. are doing. And I always present it that way that I, again, I just never turn it back to be like, from the rock school you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. from you know check out our our website or anything like that yeah i think it'd be a real easy you know transition though for you to start you know it, it really could just come down to some very simple you know things yeah, i just got to get the ball rolling directing people i mean it's a little different in the sense that <clears throat> those youtube videos you know go worldwide so a lot of the audience you know is oh yeah not local um but Again, I mean, for you, 
I would think that gives you a really unique opportunity right now, you know, depending on where oh, yeah. you're going to go with your business and what you want to, you know, it, it, you know, if building any kind of online, you know, business is in your future at all, you've kind of got a, a built in marketing machine ready to go that would yeah, allow yeah. you to attract people from, you know, outside of, you know, your area. Yeah, um, definitely using the 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 band's you know success and and also the band that um, that I've had the most success with they're, they're called First to Eleven and you asked about the numbers I kind of forgot to throw that in there but yeah we're at um, like three quarters of a million subscribers we get I think a, a thousand new subscribers every day and um, I think we're at 150 million views or something like that holy crap dude yeah it's it's up there um, that's insane. probably one of the 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 faster growing and biggest kind of YouTube cover what's the cover name artist of the channel that's out there right now uh, first to eleven first to all 11. spelled out gotcha okay so like the YouTube channel so you built like that YouTube channel is built around that band it's not yeah yeah it's so not they like your that very YouTube first channel I see no it, the very first band that I was talking to about like the the mm -hmm. very first band that I put together that was first to eleven so. They've actually been together since they were, you know, eight, nine years old, and wow. they've been playing together. Uh, they're 18, 19 years old now. So they've been playing together for 10 years. And like I said, it's, you know, the, the whole school has kind of been like, let's get the right group of kids together so yeah. that, you know, we can build upon what we've, what we've done over and over again. So, yeah, they're, they're the, the very uh, first band. Yeah, that's amazing. What's the feeling from the kids in the band and their parents about having this level of exposure and success on YouTube? Um, well, like I said, it, at first, the parents were definitely not, not cool <laughs> with it, but their kids were, were a yeah. little younger and, sure, and sure. things like that. But, you know, this has provided so many different opportunities, you know, to different celebrities jumping in and, you know, giving us congratulations or, hey, do you want to work with us? Or, hey, do you want to fly out here? Wow. You know, like that sort of stuff started happening you know, pretty much as soon as we started doing the YouTube stuff. And, you know, that caused a, a definite, like a new dynamic of what I was doing because it was always before it was, you know, local shows and, uh, excuse me, uh, different things like locally and everyone was always really supportive. But then when you're talking about money and you're talking about fame and, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the parents have a little bit more to say about you know, sure. who, who goes and does what, because at that point, you know, these past couple years, it, it started to be like, so some of the kids in the, in the band were, you know, they were all within two years of each other. So we had one yeah. kid go off to college two years ago and the band was not at a point where it would have been a viable thing for him to, to not go to college. So I was like, right, dude, right. go start your career. And then the next group of kids, there was three of them. They all, you know, it was a tougher decision, but it was definitely like, all right, well, we don't know where this is going to go. So let's, let's go to college. And then we got left with three of the youngest kids. And by the time it was time for them to make a decision, it was kind of like, okay, now there's like, you know, record deals on the table. And maybe this is something <laughs> that we can, we can do as like a, as a viable career. So they made the decision to, to put their full effort into this after they graduated from school, uh, not this year, but the past year. So the, they've been, you know, 18 years old working at this like 100% for the past year. Interesting. Wow. It's like, I mean, you're almost, you're kind of like an artist development guy. 
Yeah, yeah. That's more, what I, you know, more so than like a music school or a music teacher. It's really a, a real interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's kind of a, a weird thing. And I've thought about changing, you know, the name of my school to not kind of be that, you know, after school soccer practice kind of version to, sure, to try sure. and take it more seriously. But I, you know, again, it's the same thing. Like business wise, I know that I need to be more inclusive and but then at the same time i'm like you know i just really want to focus on a small group of kids and just right, you know right. do the best i can but financially that's just not the the smartest thing to do so trying to sure, bridge sure. the the gap between the two but uh those students like i said from first to 11 they are also now teachers at mm, the school okay. so so now they uh you know get their their income through the band and then they also you know make some money teaching individual lessons as well now, are you guys, are they, I, I know the YouTube channel is a lot of cover songs and that gets a little trickier, but are, is the channel monetized in any ways or? Yeah. Yeah. So a, a lot of people don't know this and I didn't know this, you know, starting out or I didn't put two and two together anyways. Um, so you get copyright strikes when you put up music that isn't yours. So if you do a song by Guns N' Roses um, it gets caught with the content ID like management yep. systems. And then it says, all right, well, this is a Guns N' Roses song. So we're going to divert the monetization to yes. their publishing company. Correct. So there are, you know, some publishing companies that'll be like, all right, we'll let you keep half of it, yeah. but we're okay. going to take half. Or some of them are like, no, we're going to take all of it. <laughs> you know, so it depends on what the publishing company is. But um, what I didn't know is that there is a recording side and a publishing side. So yeah. obviously we made our own recording of it mm -hmm. and then we used their publishing side. So they wrote the song. So actually half of that revenue is ours. You know, it's it's a half of a half. So right when you 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 make money on Google or you know through YouTube, half of it goes to Google, then the other half gets split between the the recording and the the publishing. So we're really left with like a quarter of it because yeah. it's actually our recording. So what you would and, normally and get. And are you able to, so, you know, the recording royalty, that's like the mechanical royalties yeah. versus the publishing royalties. Yeah. Are you able to get mechanical royalties if you didn't have permission to do the recording? Um, no, you can, you can kind of just do whatever. Like we don't really go to every artist and mm -hmm. say like, Hey, can we do this song? Yeah. It's just kind of understood that, you know, they're happy to have people covering their songs. They're totally fine with that because they get that yeah. revenue. Right, right. So they're, they're happy to, you know, take that split or whatever. So, um, we could, you know, go after like universal and try and get the, the publishing side and like the size of our channel, we might get away with that now. Um, and we kind of do occasionally. So we've worked with Universal in the past where they've been like, hey, we've got this artist. We want you to cover their song because it's going to help them, you know, get promotion out of it. You know, they're yeah, going to get yeah. hundreds of thousands of views off of your channel, you know, from their song. So there's um, another um, member in Music Lesson Business Academy in the Platinum Club, George, mm -hmm. um, who is out. He, he was in New Jersey. And prior to, I'm going to, I'm going to probably get the band wrong, but prior to doing his, you know, he managed a large band. I, I want to say maybe like, God, what band was it? Maybe Seven Dust? 
Okay. I mean, it was a big rock, yeah, yeah. big metal band. And he, so he and I were having a big conversation because he, he was kind of coming at it from the other side, uh, from the standpoint of an artist management and getting going after channels. Not going after them, but going, oh, we, we're supposed to get that ad revenue, <laughs> you know, oh, here yeah. and there from these different. It, it's really, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a whole new, interesting, I mean, it's not totally new now, but just, you know, as you were building these channels, this stuff was all getting figured out and. Yeah. You know, and nobody some knew how to deal that, with it, you know, that fly under the radar. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some songs, like if we're doing, we've been doing a lot of, um, like, uh, you know, really trendy songs. So like maybe a song that blew up on TikTok, mm-hmm. And so like, they don't have, you know, record contracts and publishing yeah. and all that sort of stuff in place yet. Yeah. So when we put out those songs, it doesn't get grabbed by the content ID for usually, you know, maybe a couple weeks before you know, their record company is finally like, all right, now we own this, you know, everything's all sorted. Now let's go after all the people in on YouTube that are, that are making money off of our song. So then, you know, we'll get, get it way down the line or, or some songs, you know, it just never pops up. Some people are sure, just sure. like, yeah, let them have the money. It doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> so is the band splitting the ad revenue that's, that's being made or are you taking a cut of that along with the band or how are you guys handling all yeah, that? Yeah. So once they, once they became, uh, you know, old enough and everything, we set up a separate account for them. So they, they're still part of like my LLC of the rock school, but everything is, you know, entirely separate. So it is kind of like what you're saying. It's, it's like a record company. So I'll, you know, gather all that money and and we've kind of decided, you know, they're still 18. They live at home, you know, with their parents and everything. So it's not like they've, They've got big, you know, bills overhang. So we're we're really putting the money back into the band as much as we possibly can. Um, so going on trips and you know getting better lights and different you know things to make the the videos better. Um, so we're redirecting a lot of money into that. But then we've just come up with like a salary for each member of the band that that gets a a certain amount of money every week. And we make sure we keep you know liquid funds that we can yeah. uh, spend on different things when we sure. need to. That's amazing. I mean, you took these kids from, you know, whatever age, got them started playing music all the way through to the point where they're getting a salary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, it's, insane. And, you know, all of them started not I don't get knowing a salary how to play in, the instrument uh, at all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get a salary in my band. You know, we, we tour all over the world and make records and all the time, you know, I don't get a salary. <laughs> Yeah. If we're not, if I'm not out playing, I'm not making anything other than my but, small amount of, you know, mechanical you know. royalties that I'll get from, <laughs> you know, I'll get my 25 cents for, you know, getting 500,000 <laughs> streams on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, the tricky thing with, you know, this, this YouTube sort of stuff is it, you know, we're caught in between the mindset of like, yeah, we need a record company to help us promote or, or maybe we can use YouTube to help us promote, you know, do we try and and sell a million records and only get 10% of the revenue? Or do we try and sell a hundred thousand records and, and get a hundred percent of the revenue? Yeah. Like, which is the the smarter thing to do at this point? So we're, you know, trying to still navigate that sort of stuff. And it's, it's still like on the cusp the band is doing great, but it's like, it's still on the cusp of like, do we need someone else to help us or do we do this all on our own or, you know, what is the the smartest thing to do here? Yeah. It's a really interesting, it's such a weird business now compared to, you know, even like through the nineties and stuff where, you know, a record deal was still important and stuff like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. the last couple records that 
that we've made as a band, you know, we are on a label, we're with Fat Records, and, you know, so they've been able to, you know, upfront the money for the, the recording budget, and, you know, these are not big, big budgets, you know, like yeah. in the old days, and it's not like, okay, we're giving you all this money, and you're going to use X amount to record, and then you guys can keep some of the money, there's, there's nothing really like that, it's like, this is exactly how much it's going to cost to record the record, okay, when it's done, we're yeah. just going to pay that <laughs> bill, you know, um, you know, so it's nice to have them for that. And there's some promotional elements and stuff to it. But I mean, I wouldn't say that you couldn't do it without them. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. could, we could, you know, the recording budget that we do, we, we could pay for that ourselves. And there's so many ways to make a record now. I mean, dude, we just yeah. recorded, did like a, you know, like, okay, you know, record a song from home for quarantine, you know, during yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> And we did a, I don't know why, but we did like, well, we did a few different songs. The first one that we put out on YouTube, like, um, is a song that was on our last full length, you know, record. And I'm like, dude, everyone's just going to think we lip synced. It sounds exactly like <laughs> the record that we went and traveled somewhere and played, you know, spent yeah, three yeah. weeks playing. And I'm like, I just recorded the drum track in my garage with five, you know, a $500 mic pack. One overhead, yeah, yeah. you know, nothing special. And I recorded my drum tracks into GarageBand and just sent them off to my, you know, the singer. And he yeah. mixed it all himself. And I'm like, <laughs> it sounds amazing. Like, it sounds like a record, you know? And it's like, so there's so many ways of doing those things. And yeah, I, I and I'm not really involved in my band. Like, I don't do any of the business side whatsoever. I really just mm -hmm. get paid to play drums. So. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm not involved in our YouTube channel and, you know, any of those kind of things. But um, I, me personally, like I've really been getting into YouTube over the last year or so, like just loving the format of it. I, I'm not really I wouldn't say I'm really using it in my school business mm -hmm. um, much at all. But I feel like <clears throat> it's one of those things like years ago not really much different time frame than what you're talking about 2009 2010 2011 you know when we had the school going and i was starting to make videos back then if i mm -hmm. would have just kept doing it oh yeah i'd probably have that's a i kick myself channel. like it's amazing you know if i could have just convinced the parents you know that there was some sort of benefit i would i'd be a millionaire right now like there's no question <laughs> yeah because i like some of those guys you know Kurt Hugo Schneider, we actually got to do a video with him. He's probably got one of the biggest, I think it's the second biggest. I think Boys Avenue is still bigger. But I, he's got like, you know, 12 million subscribers or something like that. And his wow. his Spotify numbers, you know, his, his daily listeners or his uh, monthly listeners mm -hmm. is, you know, well over a million. And like just knowing what we make and knowing, you know, just multiply that by whatever, you know, that's that's great, great money <laughs> for for you know, a dude that makes recordings in his house and, and puts them out, you know, on a regular basis. Like that's amazing that he can spend, you know, four hours a day mm -hmm. you know, make a song and, and get that kind of return on it. It's amazing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's a really exciting business model, you know, and, and I follow like all different kinds of YouTube channels. I mean, I, I mm -hmm. love everything from like, you know, dudes doing woodworking in their garage to <laughs> yeah, yeah. mountain bike channels. And it's just, you know, it, it's a really the quality level too of what people are doing now. I mean, compared to a few years ago, it's, it's 
unbelievable. Yeah. It's like, God, I don't this think is more interesting than TV right now for me to just watch this. I don't you think know? using covers, you know, in, in making money directly from YouTube is the play. You know what I mean? But really, YouTube is just that that giant audience. It's like Facebook. Yeah. But like, you know, there's just a giant audience there. And if you can capture them and direct mm -hmm. them to your Spotify or direct them to your yes. merch store, you know, direct them to all of these other things that that get you the exposure or, you know, you you make contacts through YouTube. The amount right, of people right. that have yes. contacted us and just said, hey, we saw your YouTube video and we want to offer you, you know, Kanye West like saw us on YouTube and was like, hey, I want you to cover my new song. And oh, that's amazing. He, he sent us like a bunch of shoes and stuff. He was like, here. <laughs> so that's so cool. Yeah. You know, making connections like that through all these different, you know, top 40 artists and has sure, it turned sure. into anything amazing. But like, you know, to have that on our resume that Housie or BB Rexa or Marshmallow, all these people are like responding to our covers of their songs and like they're into it. Like, you know, that just, you know, opens up a whole viability sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, YouTube is not the, the play to make the money because like I said, you're only making a quarter of like what a vlogger would make, you know, someone that makes right, completely right. original content. Original content. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's awesome, but it's not it's not the only thing you need to do, you know. Sure, 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 sure. We I, we have a student at the school who I mean, he's probably in his young 20s or, or something like that. And I knew he was in a band and I knew, you know, he was doing some real stuff. I, I started to follow his Instagram and I was like, oh, he's over in Europe. Like, you know, and they were, you know, playing, I don't know, venues, probably like the same size that 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 my band would play and I was like oh okay they're, they're like a real deal you know they're mm -hmm. over there working hard and then his teacher one day was like yeah they built the whole thing through YouTube yeah you know <laughs> and I looked I look at his channel and it's like a couple million subscribers and every <laughs> video's got a few million plays you know and I'm like holy cow you know and but it you know so financially for them because it's all their music and whatnot you know their entire income for the most part you know they're making way more from YouTube than they're making playing those venues i know how much oh, yeah. bands make doing that kind of <clears throat> tour um it you know but again they're still really using it you know to build the band to a certain level so they can really do you know they they mm. probably didn't start it with the mindset of i'm going to be a youtuber that's my dream their band their, yeah. their dream was to have a popular band the youtube thing was kind of a vehicle for that that they also were able to turn into a, a revenue stream that you know in their case has made them a ton of money. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess the question, yeah, in, in your situation is then how to turn that into, I mean, I, you know, just listening to the story and what you're doing, it, it, it so much of what you're doing from the band. I mean, this is way outside of what a, any traditional music school does. Um, even way outside of like, what a super high quality, you know, kind of rock school performance program like Los Rios or something mm -hmm. is doing, you know, um, because it's still a little bit more traditional in the sense of how they do their lessons and how the bands do the performances. And, you know, it's really based around, you know, kind of, you know, that other type of model is how to how do you kind of take what you've started and like you've said, sort of, you know, what really make that a viable business model um you know from the standpoint of your school and you know i think you're struggling just kind of a little bit of what you said too clearly what you love to do is is this band side of it and you know build these kids and really help them become a real band and be out there doing th those you know 
yeah doing the real deal versus having a hundred kids that are 10 years old coming for piano lessons you yeah know? yeah and would you be happy having that traffic or doing that you know and you know kind of kind of having that balance like what how are you going to balance all those things and take the success that you're having with these bands and with their YouTube channels and turn that into, you know, how does that come back, get pointed back to your business model and give you something to build on there. It's, yeah, yeah. it's challenging because what you're, you know, is it's like what you're doing with the bands, how scalable is it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the difficult part. I mean, I have like a lot of ideas because like I said, a lot of what we're doing is not necessarily, hands-on sort of stuff it's kind yeah. of like i said it's just more of a support system so it, it in a way our school kind of operates more like a like a gym membership you know what i mean right, like where right. you you kind of are just like okay i pay this much a month and then these facilities and th these resources are just available to me right right so yeah thinking about it like that is kind of you know how i want to do it but you know it makes me feel bad at some point because gym memberships are You've got people that that come in and they really use their gym membership to the the utmost potential. They're there every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're really getting it done. But then there's people that are like, I just want my gym membership <laughs> in case I go, you know, and sometimes they'll go months without using it. Yeah. So, you know, I I almost think that maybe that's how I should uh, like operate my business where it's more of like a you know, a subscription sort of thing. And then <clears throat> there's just always these people there, you know, willing to help out and, you know, cameras and audio gear and all that sort of stuff that if, if you want to be, you know, in shape or if you want to be the musician that you want to be, it's all up to you. You know yeah. what I mean? And then try and figure it out that way. But, you know, you can't, you can't really trust everyone to do that because again, like I, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but I always tell everybody that at least half of kids that, start taking music lessons they quit you know what i mean everyone oh, yeah, it's, at it's some more point than half that's for sure they they try it and <laughs> they might like it but like whether or not you can convert them into like lifelong kind of things and that's what i like to look at with my business is how can i create more first to 11s how can i create more kids that just genuinely want to do music as like their primary thing in life and not right, just right. like this little you know soccer practice kind of thing right well I, and that's the that's the huge challenge and that's i mean that's the philosophical question too that you know i was asking a little bit in the last podcast episode is mm -hmm. i mean is that something we think we can do you know like it can you make a kid you know like in your case these these kids that have kind of come into these bands and stuck with it probably a lot of them you know it, it's a it's a minority of kids yeah. out there and i always look at like los rios rock school the same way because you know we look at their program like the kids play a show it's amazing it sounds insane it's i mean it's top notch yeah i went to their thing last i don't remember when it was i think it was last year i got to go to their house of blues performance oh, okay. and they were cool. awesome yeah i was in california and and, and made it a point to get down there Oh, wow. I wonder if I was at that same one. <laughs> Maybe. It was, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, like Newfound Glory was playing that same night. Okay. And Yellow Card was there. Gotcha. So I don't know if gotcha. that stuck in your brain. But yeah, that was the night that I was there. So I got gotcha. to meet Tyler and. Uh, okay, awesome. Very cool. I get the it's other a small. Yeah, it's Chris. Chris yeah, it's, Bates. 
yeah, it's awesome how yeah, the, it, it's fun when we get to like meet up like that. I, I, I really yeah. en- enjoy that. Um, but you know, it's a great program, but it's really like you know, it's two hundred and forty kids or something like that. You know, and that's about you know, that's a lot of kids. <laughs> it is, but when we look at if you look at the population that they're pulling from. Oh, true. Yeah. Or we're pulling from out here. It's this tiny, tiny minority of kids that you're going to find that are out there that are like, dude, being in a band, that's what I want to do. Right. It's a really small minority. So, I mean, it's a tough challenge because, you know, you got to be willing to scratch and claw to find that little minority of kids and then build a business around that versus you know and and you know can we can you take a kids how many kids can you take that like the los rios kids coming in i guess this is my point when those kids come in those kids are already banned kids Mm -hmm. like they they don't take them unless the kids like no i really want to be in a band whereas i think the major majority of the rest of the schools it's like we're trying to find kids who kind of maybe their parents want to play music and we're hoping that over time we can indoctrinate them (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah you know and get them like inspire one of them to go oh dude this you know yeah, yeah. i totally want to do this that's and, the thing and, it's and that's the a tough yeah it's a tough that's a tough go you know and and that's something i look at all the time and and so that was kind of my point in in the call the other day or the podcast last week is like would it be easier to try to inspire the kid to be a youtuber because that's all these yeah, kids yeah. want to do is be a YouTuber or a gamer, like or the yeah. combination of those two things, you know, a stream, a gamer who's live streaming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And is there a way to, you know, to kind of meld those things together more to, to, you know, to build a business? I think it's, yeah, it's all about that conversion. That's, you know, cause I, a lot of kids are interested in it. You know what I mean? They come in interested in it, but at some point it goes wrong. And that's where I think that it's, it's, it's worth breaking the, the old model and trying something different because, you know, like I said, it's just, it's, it's very apparent that it goes wrong for a lot of kids at some point. And maybe, you know, they're just not motivated or they don't like to, they don't really have that love for music. Like they, they think that they do or something, but there's definitely somewhere in there that we've got to, you know, try and figure out how to change that. And I thought that, um, you know, kind of developing this community mm-hmm. where it's not necessarily like you have to be working or you have to be the best. It's just kind of like, you know, let's just hang out and have, you know, ice cream sandwiches and, and talk about music. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> right, and right. kind of develop that thing because with me, it was my friends, you know, it was me being in a band and, and me playing guitar with my friend that right. made me you know, try and be better than him. And then he got better than me. And, and we were kind of constantly battling with each other. And it created a little bit more of an incentive than, you know, just being like, you know, all right, I got through chapter two of, of how Leonard guitar and I play right. Yankee doodle dandy now, you know what right, I mean? Right. So yeah, definitely breaking that mold is something that, that we've got to try something, try something a little different. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the social element is, is certainly a big part for a lot of us that found you know, the love of being in a band, you know, there's mm-hmm. that camaraderie and that teamwork and, you know, it's your bros, it's your buddies to hang out with, you know, and it, it kind of becomes that three musketeers sort of vibe. 
that you're all in it together for the band. <laughs> yeah. You know, good or bad and whatever happens, happens. And then, you know, occasionally one of the musketeers falls out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like a weird thing to, you know, you know, try and figure out in, in at least my business model is that we build these bands to be, you know, best friends. And when one of them does leave, it, it becomes really hard to replace that member yes. because, you know, taking someone from the outside that's just not gone through that whole process, you know, for them to be, you know, a kid that maybe hasn't joined his first band yet, jumping into a band that's already been playing for three years and kind of, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't meld right. Um, it doesn't feel cool for the kids that are already in there to be with the, the really shy, you know, and of course they're supportive, but like, it's just hard to match that level of experience. Yeah. Um, I, I really like kind of your analogy to the gym, you know, uh, because I, I think that is sort of a trend in a lot of other types of industries and businesses where it's kind of like a communal workspace. There's all mm -hmm. these resources. People are paying a certain fee to come and have access to these resources and the tools that are there. And then there are like, you know, the personal trainer is there to yeah. help you, you know, with mm -hmm. these things. I, I, I like that idea. I think you should think about moving to <laughs> Los Angeles or something. You know what I mean? Because I, I think, okay. like, again, it's still going to be a small you know, it's that whole thing of like, it's not for everybody. You know, this is yeah, more, yeah. this is even more specialized than, than a music school that has a really strong, like brand identity and a really strong, you know, rundown of like, this is who we're looking for as a customer. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, a lot of the schools have gotten more and more specialized. So what you're doing is even on another level of specialization. So it's got to either be kind of expensive potentially you know so that you <laughs> yeah. can financially make it work with less students or you've got to get more students or more people and you might need you know potentially a bigger uh base to pull from you know mm -hmm. to make it work i don't know that i'm just speculating on that i don't really know the market and you know well i mean in erie it's very small but like yeah. you said in california and in other places like that i think the key to making something like that work is like i said the conversion you know, just to have, you know, the, 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 I don't know, however many amount of, of students that originally are like, you know what, I want to try and play guitar. If you can just pick from that group rather than the group that's like, all right, I tried to play guitar, but my teacher was weird or, you know, I wasn't <laughs> learning the songs that I wanted to learn, you know, cause then you're the, the pickings are getting slimmer and slimmer. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you never really develop that kid to the point that they're like, even a band option yet, you know, cause a lot of them drop out before they can even play their first song start to finish. So yeah, getting that, that conversion rate is super important. And I think that, you know, slow and steady wins the race and, and, you know, thinking really, really long term. Uh, one of the other things that I've been really, really into lately is uh, my son is four and he's been playing drums since he was like one <laughs> and you know what I mean? And just kind of, you know, learning a lot about like, uh, I don't know if you follow Rick Beato on, on YouTube, uh -uh. but he, he does like a lot of stuff. He has a son that's, um, you know, perfect pitch kind of musical prodigy. And, you know, it goes into phonemes and like learning languages and, and developing, you know, a sense of music very, very early on, like way before you would traditionally be like, all right, well, this student can start learning how to play guitar. 
So like really early learning stuff so that, you know, by the time that they're four or five, you know, my son, I'm going to brag about my son, but I'm going to brag about my son here. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, he started out playing drums and, you know, just over quarantine, he started picking up this half size guitar that I have. And I was like, all right, man, you can really, you know, you're putting your fingers down where you're supposed to. So I started teaching him kind of like bass, you know, single note sort of stuff. And then I started teaching him power chords and now he's got power chords and he's playing whole Foo Fighters songs and like he's he's four and on, on, in addition to drums and everything like that and he just has this genuine interest in music because he's just been exposed to it from from the get-go you know what yeah, i mean yeah so you know if if it takes that long if we have to think that far ahead to like starting to develop kids you know musical taste or musical uh interest that early i think that would be you know, the smart thing to do, or, or at least a very ambitious thing to do to try and develop these kids that just love music by the time a normal student would even consider like getting into music. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. It's, and again, you know, this is such a big philosophical, you know, <laughs> yeah, conversation because like, I, I always think about that. I'm like, well, is it really within my power or abilities, or even something that I'm willing to put that much time into to try to change the course of where things are, are headed, you yeah. know, because the natural course right now, and, and it could change course, but right now, and it's been a decline, you know, kids wanting to be in a band has been a declining thing for yeah. like 15 years. Yeah. You know, like we don't have, like there's, unless a new Eddie Van Halen comes along, that all of a sudden everyone's like, I want to be, I totally want to do that. You know, yeah. and if we don't get that, you know, cause that's what sparked, you know, so much of, you know, just. It goes in waves though. You know what it I. It sure like, does. Yeah. I think that there's a little bit of a positive wave coming back. Like seeing a lot of rappers now, mm -hmm. like uh, MGK and Post Malone and stuff like that. Like they're really starting to push their, you know, typically hip hop sort of music into the like rock genre now yes and yeah. i think that that's like because obviously hip-hop is the biggest sure. genre of music there is right now so if it keeps pushing that direction um and it seems like it is i think that there might be another you know resurgence kind of like, like yeah yeah like when we had um you know guitar hero came out and there was a lot of kids that were just like i want to be in a rock band that really sparked that i hope that that happens with uh with hip-hop music because it's it's on the cusp of it yeah it, it's we we need some kind of you know, some kind of influencer or series of influencers that yeah, yeah. push a lot of these, you know, because, yeah, a lot of 12 year olds, if you talk to them, their favorite music is hip hop, you mm -hmm. know, or something in that genre. And so that that completely isn't, you know, it's doing nothing for the drum students or <laughs> or guitar or, or, or really even voice students. Yeah. Um, you know, and we do DJ and production stuff at our school, but it's still pretty small. You know, comparatively, mm -hmm. other things like I, I feel like it's a big area um, for us to expand is production. You know, if you just look at, you know, where music is at. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, if we could get that influencer that just gets, you know, these the kids that are currently wanting to be the gamer or, you know, all they're looking at is being a YouTuber and can get them to be, you know, want to be a guitar player in a band. You know, it could do wonders yeah. for our industry. It's, I don't know if it's something that we can influence a whole lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, no. I think there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be people that want to play guitar. 
young mm-hmm. and old. It's just and it and and we do have to ride those waves that kind of naturally come based on what's going on in the music yeah. world, you know. And we're all, you know, I've talked about it a bunch of times. I mean, we're still all benefiting from kind of like, you know, the Taylor Swift acoustic, you know, girls playing acoustic guitar yeah. vibe, you know. But um, I think that the music we've school gotta... stores saw it in sales of guitars from her, mm-hmm. and I think we see it are still seeing it to some extent, or at least several years ago, we really were feeling it where all of a sudden it was like, man, 10, 11 year old girls, tons of them coming in for guitar lessons, you know? Yeah. Ukulele too. Yeah. Big, big thing for sure. But I think that the, uh, the, you know, the dinosaur version of, of rock band kind of needs to, you know, I love it. I absolutely, that's what I grew up on, but like, you know, we're not going to convert very many 10 year old kids to kiss and Led Zeppelin anymore. You know what I mean? They're right. just getting, they're getting too far distanced from that generation to yeah. understand why it's cool. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, people in our generation aren't exactly like, dude, you remember that, that dance from the forties? Like we just aren't, <laughs> we don't, we don't go back that far. You know, our parents barely go back that far. So, you know, some of these kids now we've got to put a little bit more stock in the, the newer version yes. of what, you know, being in a rock band is, I would say, you know, from Blink-182 or the the golden age of emo and, and that sort of stuff, because that stuff still seems kind of relevant, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a lot of videos on YouTube about throwbacks and, you know, kids react to that sort of stuff, but you don't see it go back to Sabbath anymore. You know, you don't see it go back to ACDC that much anymore. So I think putting a little bit more stock in the, in the modernization of yep. that. And then, like I said, those new hip hop sort of things like Post Malone, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, this new dude from, I just discovered him like a little bit ago, uh, on TikTok. his, uh, I don't know what his real name is, but he's JDXN and mm. his music is very like, it's, it's heavy, you know, it's got some cool beats in it and it's, it still has like a trap beat, you know, behind it, but there's yeah. guitars and drums and, you know, it's, it's rock music. It's angry. It's, it's got yelling, you know, and, and swearing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So it, it's funny now that you mentioned that because as you're sort of talking about kind of the crossover of hip hop mixed with a little bit more rock, I started because like an artist I discovered and started listening to a little bit is Jelly Roll. Uh, I don't know who that is. Check him out. Jelly Because he's like a hip hop guy, but he's like this big like Southern dude. And oh, like, okay. There's yeah, like all right. other I songs I see him do where it's just like three guys in an acoustic guitar. Yeah. You know, like no, I do he, know who you're he's like about, all yeah. over the map with stuff like that. He's got a bunch of tattoos all over his face, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big, okay. big huge guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, really finding cool. influencers like that that, you know, they're not on a label, they're not on billboards, they're not on commercials, you know. Just, you know, the people that are on Instagram and, and TikTok and, and all of those sort of things. You know that's our that's our only hope right now is that these yeah. people are convincing people to uh, to to pick up an instrument because I would say uh, even YouTube is kind of like you know it's a little dated and all of like our people with social media and all of our like uh, advisors and everything are like dude get on TikTok you can't make money on it yet but you need to be on it for when it is time to make money on it i don't think youtube's gonna go away but like it is almost a little bit you know older of a demographic than than tiktok is for sure all right guys i hope you enjoyed that episode it was a long one if you want to hear there's about another 15 minutes 20 minutes maybe 
uh, of that interview. That is over on the Patreon page if you want to check out the full episode. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week for another episode.